Praise the Lord. And so what we are doing, we're coming to the end of the study of the book of Revelation. And uh, I'm going to do some a little bit of wrap up on it today. And then next Sunday, we're going to wrap up the entire book of Revelation. Uh, and uh, I might just make mention here that what I'm going to talk to you about next week, if uh, the Lord willing and uh, it all falls in place right, I want to talk to you about the 22nd chapter of Revelation, the last chapter, 21st chapter and 22nd, about the uh, holy city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem that we have the hope of, and it describes it in the Bible, describes it. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it, what God has pre pre prepared and provided for us. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful thing that we have. Many years ago, I was... I uh, was real down, discouraged. All of us get there one time or another. And uh, I never will forget, I said, Lord, help me to read something in the Bible that will lift my spirits. And I read that 21st chapter in the book of Revelation about the holy city. And when I got through reading that, I was walking on cloud nine. I said, God, you have a great hope for us. Praise the Lord. Well, that's next week. Let's get, let's get into this week. I want to talk to you here today, um, continue on in the chart that we have been sh showing you and using on the board here. Let me put it up on the screen for us here right now. Uh, hang on a second. This is the one that we're looking at right now. Focus it. And uh, all of you were handed these, this chart last week. And what we did was to talk to you about different aspects of it <clears throat> and uh, each subject each part of this has multiple supportive scripture on it and uh, we talked about how that there were three separate classes of people and uh, if you have your Bibles I'd like you to look with me right now we'll just go to that right now in, uh, in the book of uh, Acts 22 22, if you look at that very quickly with us here. And uh, said, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. There's, three, there's four categories named here. And uh, the unjust and the filthy is simply the wicked. It's two categories of the wicked. They are the wicked and they will be judged as wicked. Filthy and unjust. And we talked about that last week. I won't go into detail. But then there is a distinction here between the righteous and the holy. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. Let him be holy, let him be holy still. There's a very interesting verse of scripture that's found in Ecclesiastes 11.3. Uh, let me just read this to you real quickly here. And this, this is what we're looking at when we look at Revelation chapter 20 over there. But over in uh, Ecclesiastes 11.3, it says, If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. Now look at the next phrase. And if the, if a, if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall lie. Now, 
we all know that. And we've all walked through the woods and seen a tree where it fell. And who's going to move it? If nobody comes along and moves it, that's where it's going to stay. But why did Solomon, in his, all of his wisdom, put that in here and tell us that? And the reason he did, and of course, he was talking about life. And over in the 12th chapter, he says, verse 7, Then shall dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Because man goes to his long home, talking about men dying. So what he's talking about, the tree falling, whatever spiritual condition we are in, when we die, that's the way it will stay. You, there, nobody's going to pray you out of purgatory. Can I just say it like that? Amen. If you didn't make it in this life, nobody's going to pray you out of purgatory into heaven. So you've got to be ready to go before you pass away or you've got to be ready to go before Jesus comes, whichever comes first. We're all hoping Jesus will come first, of course, but <laughs> that doesn't always happen. And uh, it hasn't happened up until for the last 2,000 years. I'm just pointing out to you here that we have to be ready to go when Jesus comes. And so since we're living at a time whenever this dispensation of the Gentiles is almost over and is coming to a close and an end in which God is going to judge sin and he's going to bring forth the wonderful expectations of his holy people, the church, when he ever says, I'm coming back to receive you unto myself. We have to be ready to go when Jesus comes. And our chart here, we talked about that. And so whenever we die, our bodies uh, are put in the grave. There are three kinds of people. There's the holy, righteous, and the wicked. And then the wicked, the holy brother, goes back to God who gave it. This is found in Ecclesiastes uh, 12, 7, also in 321 Ecclesiastes. I won't repeat those verses. We've already looked at those. Also, the righteous, it mentions about the righteous uh, in that 20th chapter of Revelations 20 and 11. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. So that means that that's what you are whenever you pass away, whatever state you're in, that's what you're going to be in for eternity. And they go back to God who gave your spirit. And then we know from reading the scriptures in 2 Corinthians 12, 4, that there's a place called paradise. Paul talked about it. And he said he went there, had that experience when he was stoned to death in the, at the city of Lystra in the 14th chapter of the book of Acts. And uh, he talks about that and how he went there and he called it either, he called it paradise, he also called it the third heaven, a place where our spirit and soul goes back to God. Now, we also know that we have a spirit, a body, and a soul. A spirit, a body, and a soul. And that's brought out in the scriptures as well. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 33, and I won't, 23, I won't go back and read that, but the Bible says that we have a body, a soul, and spirit. Our body is the outward man or woman that we see, the person that we see, the, the outward tabernacle. The soul is the person you are, it's the individual you are. And the spirit is the life that is in you. If they talk about something being lively, they talk about being spirited. You know, they say, you know, raise this horse, race horse is very spirited. That means he's lively, he's got a lot of life in him. So spirit means life. Uh, the word pneuma, which is the Greek word from which the word spirit comes from, uh, can also mean breath, breath uh, in, the, in the Greek 
And I won't go into that. This word pneuma. That's where the word pneumonia comes from. I won't go into all of that. Any other, other words too. But anyhow, the word pneuma, it means spirit or it means breath or it means life. And uh, this is what the life does. It goes back to God with the soul and it, it goes to God who places it here in, uh, in paradise. Now, if we are a wicked person, we are a wicked person, we go to hell. And uh, this is brought out in March, uh, I mean, in Mark 9, 43. If you want to turn in your Bible to Mark 9, 43 for a moment. Uh, this is what he says. And this is Jesus talking. When a person dies, their spirit and soul goes to hell. Okay. Now, I know there's, there's religious people out there who say that the hell is the grave. Because it comes from, you know, from a word. Uh, and they say it means grave. Well, it means, where are the, it means where are the dead is what it means, where the dead are. Sometimes it does mean the grave, but many times it means something else. Here's what Jesus said in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 43. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than to having two hands go into hell. Okay. Now, if that's just the grave, that wouldn't, wouldn't mean anything, but it means something. It's going to, and then it goes on to say, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Everybody see that? Now you say, well, the Bible's wrong here. Well, Jesus is saying it. So if you say the Bible's wrong, you're saying Jesus is wrong. If Jesus say that, they look at verse 44, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And then he says, if thine eye offend thee, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Now you say, Brother Myers, that's pretty severe talk from the Lord. What the Lord is trying to tell us is that hell is a very terrible place to go to. Very terrible place. He's not putting emphasis to take your hand or take your eye or take your foot or anything like that. He's emphasizing what a terrible place hell is. And we don't want to go there. So what we have to do to, get a, to not go to hell is very important to us. So the wicked here, those that are going to be wicked, uh, they go back to God, their spirit and soul, and their spirit and soul is put in hell. Also, uh, I'm not going to read the scriptures, but the Bible gives the, uh, Jesus tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom, which is the Old Testament version of, the, of paradise. But he says that the, uh, the rich man who did not, would not give him any food or nothing when he was begging for food outside his door. And the rich man was mean to him and mean-spirited. Told him, get away, get away, uh, and everything. When he died, he went to hell. And he was in fire, and he was, and he was suffering. And he looked up, and he said, uh, Father Abraham, tell Lazarus to let him touch, you know, let, let him touch a little water and touch my tongue because I am tormented in this, in this fire, so forth. So I'm just telling you, somebody says, oh, that's a parable. No, 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 that doesn't meet the, meet the criteria of a parable. A parable, praise the Lord, is something that we know that Jesus used to describe the unknowns, the spiritual things, the unknown. In other words, he said, a, uh, the soil went forth to sow. And he sowed seed here. Well, we know what that is. But then he likened that on the kingdom of heaven. 
uh, fishermen were fishing. We know what that is, fishermen. Uh, women, a woman was kneading uh, meal in, in, her, in a pan. Well, we know what that is. And the, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto the leaven that was in that and, and so forth. So he likens all these things. And the man with the pearl of great price so that he may have by the pearl of great price. All of these things were natural things. So when he talks about the rich man being in hell looking up, that was not a natural thing. That's a spiritual thing that the Lord would have introduced to us. Do you understand what I'm saying there? So anyhow, we got these examples in the Bible where that there was a, a literal hell that the soul of man. Now, the next point that we brought out, and I just touched this very lightly, is that, uh, that the soul and the spirit goes back to God, the body goes into the ground to await, to await the resurrection, to await the resurrection. Now, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Look at uh, uh, Revelation chapter 20. I'm repeating a few things, but I have a reason to do so. Look in Revelations 20 and 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Look at that. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Look at verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. The rest of the dead live not again to the thousand year finished. Now, what we have talked to you about here on our chart is how that uh, the rapture will take place just before the tribulation period right here. That's what the, whole, the man in the red suit, the holy, represents. And that you have to be a holy person to go in the rapture. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. We talked to you about it from the 1 Corinthians 15. What it means to be holy, Jesus Christ is the first fruits of that. If I can turn there for just a moment. Uh, if I can remember where it is. Here it is. 15 and 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of death. In other words, Adam brought forth death. Jesus brought forth life. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Praise the Lord. But every man in his own order, notice that, Christ, the first fruits, he was the first one to raise, be raised from the dead or to rise from the dead. Afterwards, they that are Christ at his coming. That's the rapture of the church and that's, the, uh, that's God's people, <coughs> the holy that are ready to meet him. That's why folks, the Holy Ghost is so important. We have to have the Holy Ghost inside of us. That's why the Bible teaches about the Holy Ghost. It teaches that we have the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. You're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 there. If you uh, would turn back, for instance, back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, 619. I'm sort of wrapping up some loose ends here today, and I'm aware of it. Uh, 6.19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? That's the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit. Same thing, ghost is the old English word for it. Which ye have of God. 
and ye are not your own. Verse 20, for ye are bought with a price, wherefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Lord's telling us to do that. Uh, while I'm there, let me just make mention to you. Children of Holy Ghost filled parents will also be in the rapture. Babies, small children. Look at seven. You're in chapter six of First Corinthians. Look in chapter seven, verse 14. If a parent loses a small child or a baby or children very young, they, uh, this is what it says, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. That is that a marriage is holy if the wife is saved and he has chosen to live with her or vice versa, either way. That the, the, the holy one makes the marriage holy. Everybody with me on that? I'm not getting into the marriage thing here. I could back up and read these verses to you, but just stay with me on my thought here. That says, well, let me read it. I don't want to confuse you here. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. In verse 14. Now look at the next line. This is where I'm going. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. When the rapture takes place, people who are going in the rapture, their children will go with them. They're not going to have to go to some unsaved uncle or aunt and say, look, the rapture takes place and I go up. Will you take care of my kids? You know, because they don't have the Holy Ghost yet. You understand what I'm saying? So they're made holy. This is a very important thing to understand. Because God has, has done that. Else were your children unclean, but now are they unholy. The Jewish people understand uh, that there is an age where that children become adult responsible for their sins and their actions. They call it, well, they, they, have a, they have a special occasion they call the bar mitzvah. Most of you are familiar with that. It's a Jewish time when uh, boys are 13 years old and they go through a ritual day and so forth in which they are from that time on responsible for all of their sins. And uh, their sins are not on their parents, it's on themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope you do. <laughs> When I was a boy, I had, I had a cousin. Uh, when I was a boy growing up, everybody had big families, and I had a lot of cousins. I had a lot of cousins. And uh, we were just a big clan of us. I had one cousin. He and I were born the same day. We were very close. We called, called ourselves twin cousins, and it always messed up some people's minds. What do you mean twin cousins? You know, my, uh, anyhow. We were born the same day, so we call it. I was born four hours before him. We had an uncle that was born four months before both of us. So all the three of us were pretty close growing up together. Well, we were doing a thing we shouldn't be doing. And we didn't know about the age 13, as the bar mitzvah says. We thought it was 12. We were told it was 12 years old. That when you're 12 years old, you're responsible for your sins. And uh, we would go into a watermelon patch. And we'd pick out a nice watermelon and we'd split it open with a knife we carried with us in the patch. And we'd eat the heart of the watermelon out and then turn it upside down and, go and walk away and leave it, see, you know, 
everything. It was wrong, but we were doing it. We were in the middle of a hot summer, you know, that just tastes so good and everything. Well, our birthday's in July, my birthday's in July, July 13th. I said to my cousin, let's go get a watermelon. He says, nope, nope. I said, what do you mean, nope? He said, I'm not taking no more watermelons. We're not going, I'm not doing that no more. I said, why? He said, because today we are 12 years old. I said, I know that. He said, and from now on, we are responsible for our sins, not our parents. Boy, I could see that watermelon just going down. I could going away. No water on this hot July day on the 13th. You know, this was in Miami too. I could just see it all. It's not going to happen. I thought for a minute, and I looked at him right in the eye. I said, you rascal. I said, I can't believe it. I said, you'd let your mom and dad take all of your sins. Now when it becomes your time to take it all on and be responsible, you're a coward, and you're not going to do it. You're going to be now a, a righteous and a holy person from now on, and you're not going to sin anymore. What kind of guy are you? He hung his head a little bit and he said, let's go get that watermelon. <laughs> so, so anyhow, I talked him into committing the sin with me. But I think somewhere down the road, God forgave us. Amen. He did to me. One day I prayed through and got the Holy Ghost. God forgave me. Everybody say praise the Lord. So uh, and there's a time whenever children do reach the age of accountability in which they are responsible. When they're small, the rapture should take place. The children would go with the parents because they are holy. And I thought I'd just pass that scripture along to you. Amen. Now, I want to move very quickly here into, uh, into some of these other areas. Uh, I'm going to pass out some of these handouts that I've got here for you. Uh, one is called the look at the end of the world. And we've already touched on some of these things that we're looking at. And... Uh, the unjust and so forth. And uh, tell you what I'm going to do. Go ahead and hand out both sheets. Both sheets. One of them is a look at the end of the world. These are two sheets I had set up for today. And uh, this is a look at the end of the world. That's what this one will look like here. I mean, that's what's being handed to you. And then uh, the other one is where are the dead wrap up. It's the wrap up of where are the dead. Excuse me a minute. While you're being handed that, <clears throat> we talked about as a tree falls, so shall it lie. And we talked about uh, whenever we die, our spirit goes back to God who gave it. Ecclesiastes 12, 5 and 7. And then we talked about three kinds of people here, Revelations 22, 11, three kinds of people, the unjust, the filthy, the righteous, the holy. And that we are the holy because we are in the first resurrection. And I refer to that, that's in part B here. That's the one that you're beginning to this one says, they look at the end of the world. Revelations 26 and five, 6 and then 5. Uh, the holy are the first 
uh, first resurrection. Also, I've got 1 Corinthians 15, 20. We did read those verses as well, uh, 20 and also 22 and 23. Talks about the coming of the Lord and so forth. That uh, We talked about what makes us holy. It's the Spirit of God that makes us holy. And uh, we read scriptures to you in 1 Corinthians here, chapter 3. And uh, Romans 15, 16 also makes us holy. We quoted that from last week. I won't go into that in detail. Also, 2 Peter and talks about uh, the holy. Holy men of old, holy men of old speak as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Uh, the holy will not just be the New Testament, it'll be the Old Testament as well. Men and women in the Old Testament that were holy. And we know that the prophets were holy because they were moved, the holy men of old spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So as they were used by God and by the Holy Ghost, uh, God would also include that the Bible also says many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will also be in the rapture and we will be in the rapture with them. Praise the Lord. They are holy. So I'm just pointing out to you here that uh, the holy, praise the Lord, are those that were holy in the Old Testament as well as the New and we in the New as well as the, as the, old, uh, as the old Testament. Uh, and the, uh, the righteous will have their place then on the new earth. That's where we're coming up on to here right now. Now, I'm going to go back to this chart for just a moment here because I want to refer to some things here that's, that we've been talking about. And that is that uh, the rapture takes place. I'm not going to go into detail reading about the rapture, but 1 Corinthians talks about it. Uh, chapter 15, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18 talks about it. Dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. There are multiple scriptures that support the uh, fact that God is going to come back and rapture us away. And we'll be caught away and the dead shall rise to meet the Lord in the air. Now, let me say this. Uh, whenever the rapture takes place, this dotted line here is what you see. If you notice, when the rapture takes place, it's the people in red come down and they red, the body is raised. That's what the resurrection is all about. The soul and the spirit doesn't die, therefore it's the body that's raised. And the body is raised incorruptible. It is corruptible, naturally, but it is made incorruptible. 1 Corinthians 15. So it is raised, praise the Lord, and glorified. Uh, the mortal, that is those who are alive and remain, we which are alive and remain, as the Bible describes it, we shall be caught up. So the mortal are made immortal, immortality. They shall put on immortality. The corruptible shall put on incorruption. 1 Corinthians 4 describes it. Dead in Christ, and we shall not pre-event. Let's read that verse of scripture to you, and I'll show you here what I mean. This is one of, of several scriptures that's like it. This is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. And uh, verse 16, I'm going to read 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ. Now notice that these are those that have died in Christ. To be in Christ, you have to be baptized in his name and have to have his spirit inside of us. Those two things. Just as I'm in the Father, the Father is in me, so shall I be in you and you in me. Praise the Lord. And so the spirit of God is in us and we are in him in baptism. He is in us in the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive, notice the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those who have gone on so-called to be with the Lord. But it's going to be the dead. And, and, and that's not talking about uh, those that are our spirit and our soul. Because the spirit and the soul never dies. It goes back to God who gave it and is put in paradise. So the body is raised. Now you say, Brother Myers, that's gruesome. No, it isn't because God changes it instantly, instantly. We do not yet know how we shall appear, but we shall have a body like as unto his glorified body, a glorified body. Praise the Lord. We'll have a body like as unto his glorified body. Just as Jesus' body rose from the dead, praise the Lord, so will our bodies rise from the dead. Somebody's telling me one time, oh, Jesus never rose from the dead. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, he did. He said, no, he didn't. I said, when they opened the tomb, the body is gone. The angel's standing there. Mary, that's just in the Bible. The Bible. They, they, they. I said, what happened to the body of Jesus? They said, we don't know. I said, I know, it's in the Bible. <laughs> don't say you don't know, because the Bible tells you. He said, he rose again. He was standing there. He met Mary in the garden. That was a resurrected body he was in. And then 40 days later, he ascended into heaven and had a glorified body. His body was glorified. Glorified can't be described because it's brighter than the noonday sun. That's what Paul saw when he was on the road to Damascus and saw Jesus, you know, in the, in the, in the sky in his glorified body, Jesus. And he, had a, he was brighter than the noonday sun. That's pretty bright. Noonday sun is about as bright as you can get that we know of in this life. And he said he was brighter than the noonday sun. And Paul was blinded for three days, as you well know, and had to be healed from that. Now, I'm just pointing out to you here all of these words from the, in, in the word of God that lets us know that the Lord, praise God, uh, is going to rapture away the church and we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. And the Bible goes on to say that New Jerusalem will be our place of abode. Now, this will happen before the tribulation, which is about... I'm always using round figures of about 10 to 15 years, right in here, 10 to 14 years. Uh, we know it's going to be at least seven years, but it's going to be a little few. Little. But this is a thousand years right here, a thousand. So the rapture happens before the thousand. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first rapture. There are some people, some of the Jews and everything that's raptured also out of this tribulation period. And we've already covered all of that in our study of Revelation. Then the thousand years of peace. At the end of the thousand years will be Gog and Magog. We talked about that immediately after Gog and Magog in which the Lord will destroy the wicked that would rise up against uh, the righteous in that, uh, or that the righteous and the whole, the righteous and the God-fearing in that period of time. Then he would set up a white throne judgment. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about. I want you to turn in your Bibles. Uh, do you have both your handouts? Okay, you have all the handouts. Uh, where the dead wrap up here? I've just covered some of the things there. 
your soul and spirit. Uh, the white throne, look at number three there. This is the one that we're looking at. I got two charts here. Look at number three here. And uh, the white throne judgment, the rest of the dead. Look at Revelations 20 and 5. Look at that with us. The rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. Uh, I'm going to go to B here, Bearsifred. The rest of the dead. Notice that, the rest of the dead. That's everybody that's left. Everybody with me? And uh, I'm going to go to Revelations 20 now. Uh, and uh, 11. This is the, the really the account of the white throne judgment. That's this right here and there. Folks, there are so many scriptures. Uh, I have just some hand notes here. I just jotted down scriptures that I know about. Just offhand, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven scriptures that I know of about the white throne judgment, where the Bible says there will be a white throne judgment in which God will judge the wicked from the the wicked from the righteous. So there's going to be a white throne judgment in which everyone who has ever lived from the beginning of time will come before God. Everybody. Now let me read this 20 and 11. Everybody with me now? We're on the white throne judgment. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to give you about 10 minutes to this. I'm going to close out. And I saw a great white throne and, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Everybody say the dead. The dead. Now the dead is the bodies. It's got to be the dead that comes before him. Small and great stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. Now let me describe these two. The word books is talking about this. This is books. There are 66 books in this Bible. 66. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. That's called books. This is the books, and they will be judged out of things written in this book. This book, as we call it, one book, it books. Now look what it goes on to say also. They shall stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books here, right here, according to their works. According to their works, not faith, but works. You know, we, you and I, praise the Lord, we're justified by faith and we believe in the Lord. We believe in it. So, but it's, faith has to be put in action. So there are works also so that our that's why the Lord, that's why baptism is essential. It's, it's an act of faith. I believe I am I'm baptized. Uh, receiving the Holy Ghost is an act of faith. Lord, I believe. And I want to receive the Holy Ghost. And you receive it. Praise the Lord, it's an act of faith. Living for God is an act of faith. I believe I must be holy for he is holy. So you live an act. You, you know, all these things, being clean, staying away from sin, uh, you know, abstain from all the appearance of the sin. 
Staying away from the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The world is that spirit of the age, you know. You know, you can, you can find the spirit of the world down at most any tavern or, or bar. You can go in there and sit around and that's the spirit of the world. You know, blasting out over television. Uh, we're fixing to have a, a television fast period, isn't it, coming up now? It, it start today or tomorrow? What, tomorrow? Okay, next three days or something like that? Hey, do it, do it. Praise the Lord. That's so much junk on TV right now. We can, uh, no telling how, better, how much better we'll all feel if we just do it. Praise the Lord. So I'm just pointing out to you here that God will judge those uh, people who, that will walk with him and will be judged according to our works. And I mentioned this last week. This is why that God does not judge us by what's in the heart, but he lets the heart manifest itself. If you've got sin in your heart or your iniquity in your heart and you've got evil in your heart, he'll give you a chance for it to come out, be developed, be acted upon, that it'll happen. It'll happen. So I'm just trying to tell you here, and the Lord tempts no man because God cannot be tempted. He tempts no man, but he allows Satan to do it. He'll allow him to do it. Satan will tempt you. So when you've got something in your heart, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Praise the Lord. Bad does not, shouldn't be there. Anything that's there all this garbage and stuff i won't go into no details but i'm just saying because we'll all be judged by the 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 acts of the works verse 13 the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works that's repeated and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, I want you to uh, look with me over in uh, the book of, I think it's uh, Matthew. Uh, I'm going to read John first. I'm going to read John here, uh, 5 and 28. John 5, 28. Stay with me here. This is the verse of scripture I'm looking at right here. Right here. John 5, 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Everybody see that? Some people don't believe that there's going to be a resurrection. You know, the Pharisees did not. The Pharisees believed in a literal resurrection in Jesus' day. But the Sadducees did not believe in a literal resurrection. They didn't believe in it. And Paul used it against them one time when they brought him before him to be questioned. They said, why are you being questioned? I'm being questioned because I believe in the resurrection. Paul said that. And the Pharisees says, what's wrong with that? And the Sadducees, what's wrong with that? And they got in a big fight with each other and Paul walked out. I won't get into detail, but it's cute. You ought to read it sometime in the scriptures. Marvel not at this for the hours coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. And verse 29, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. This is the righteous and the wicked, not the holy. They have been resurrected for a, for a thousand years prior to this already. And we're in the holy city. And so this is describing that. I'm going to go to another scripture here and give you a little bit more detail on this in Matthew. And... Uh, <clears throat> 
This is the, it's right under John there in your notes there on that one. I'm reading the 31st verse. I'm just going to pick a select, some select verses. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit on the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He says this to the righteous. And then he said, when I was hungry, you gave me meat. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was strange, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. And sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came unto me. In verse 37, then shall the righteous, this is not the holy now, the righteous, answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee, thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we a stranger took thee in naked clothing? Or when saw we sick? So he repeats those things. When did we see all this? Verse 40, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren. Folks, let me say one thing here to you. People who treat you nice as God's people on this earth, God does not forget it. Remember that. People who treat you nice, people who are good to his people, that includes the Jews as well. The Jews, they're maybe scattered all over the world. And people who were nice and good to the Jews, God will be good to them at the white throne judgment. They won't have the holy city reward like the holy will, but they will not be cast into hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's more to this wrap-up than the end of the world here than just one goes to heaven, one goes to hell. It's just like that. You know, it's not that simple. There's a lot involved, and there's many scriptures here supporting all these views. <clears throat> and uh, let me read on a little further. And as much as you have done unto brethren, you have done unto me. Then shall I say unto him, on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. That's the left hand now, prepared for the devil and his angels. Lake of fire is not prepared for people, it's prepared for the devil and his angels, but people will choose to go there. And then he goes and says, for I was unhungered, and he repeats the same thing and everything, and they said, when? Verse 44, then shall they say unto him, say, when saw we in hunger? That naked and sick and all that. Verse 45, then shall he answer them, saying, verily I say unto you, as much as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment and the righteous into everlasting life. This is a description here of this white throne judgment here. And there are other scriptures, of course, many other scriptures that describe and talk about it. And then it talks about there will be, we'll go to, to the new city. This is described in uh, Revelations 21. I'm going to talk about that next week. And also the new earth. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. These are four scriptures alone here that talk about the new heaven, the new earth rather, wherein dwelleth righteousness, wherein dwelleth righteousness. The righteous will go to the new earth and they will live forever, but they'll live on the new earth where the God's people will live in heaven and the holy city and they'll be with Christ forever, will always be with him. Well, 
Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad you know the Lord? Aren't you glad that God ever reached out and saved you? Aren't you glad he ever touched you and dealt with you to come and be his child? Let's stand together and just give him praise for it right now. Let's thank him. Amen. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, your glory, your presence, your power, your spirit. Thank you for your people, Lord. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful love for us. We give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.